Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Back at it again, ladies and gentlemen, the return of the podcast. You're here with your hosts, Devin and Matt. Pleasure to be with you. Happy holidays, all that jazz. Good to see you, Matt. Uh, congrats on all the, the good news and things like that. And great to be back on the pod with you here. We're finally, we're making it happen again. Yeah, we were, uh, we were a little, little, um, like a miss, right? We were not there for a while. Uh, we were absent for a little bit of time, but you know we, what? It's- we, had, we had a COVID groove, but you know, life, life happens and started getting out of that COVID groove and couldn't do the pot as much anymore, but now we're back. So. That's right. That's right. When we were on lockdown, we were, we were doing pretty good. We were pretty regular, uh, you know, once a week or whatnot. And then you, like you said, you just kind of get back to your normal life plus the, you know, the, the, the pressures of COVID, you know, so it's not quite normal and it just kind of, you know, unravels, but, uh, but yeah, man, got a little bundle of joy coming. Things are good. Uh, we're back with the pod and, uh, and ready to roll. We had an election, um, that's still not hey, we over. Some, hey, we, we, we got some new stuff to talk about, despite there being like more COVID stuff, which we're going to probably be stuck in for at least the better part of another year. There's stuff to talk about besides COVID. So that's like a good thing too. with like taking a break from the podcast was like, do you want to talk about like the election and COVID every week for nine months? Cause we could have done that. And I'm kind of glad we didn't. Yeah, true. I mean, I've kind of felt like we were kind of running out of things to talk about too. I mean, there's always things that are interesting that are going on in the world, but the domination of our life was definitely politics and the COVID-19 and, uh, and all of that intertwining together, you know, and I think that's what made it so tiring was the politics and the science and the social, you know, the, the healthcare and, 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 and everything, the wealth, so social welfare was all just intertwined in this ball of just shit. And I feel like, uh, you know, we're coming out the other side of it now after the, uh, after the election states are starting to certify things. Finally, you still got some crazy, uh, you know, America's uh, mayor running around, uh, acting like a goofball and, uh, who's like, Oh, and 36 in court, I think now. Um, but, uh, you know, it's moving right along. It seems like we do have a new president, uh, that will be, uh, you know, in place in, uh, January 21st, 2021. And, uh, or January 20th, 2021, excuse me. And, um, yeah, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, I think yeah, that, that kind of like leads us into our topic because, uh, you know, like you said, for the last nine months, the news cycle is so dominated by the election COVID. And now that the election's ended, there's pretty much been certified a winner outside of, you know, conspiracy theory, uh, conspiracy theory circles. I think it's a fair time to kind of analyze how we got here why we got here and like what we should do about it because uh you know the good thing is i think for most people is that you know they're like oh you know donald trump would have been the worst option in many ways so by him losing that's a good thing and that's one one fair analysis that's like one prism to look at it through of course the other prism is that even people who chose joe biden most of them agreed that it was because he wasn't Donald Trump. It wasn't because he offered some policy platform that was going to revolutionize their lives or, you know, he's this inspirational figure who's proclaiming all these great sweeping changes he's going to make to inspire new generations and fix the country. It was like 
this rhetoric of, no, no, we're going to go back to like, like it was under Obama, except now it's like, you know, your Uncle Joe doing things. And so now that we're here, Matt, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, your thoughts on the lesser of two evils, because I think feel, feel like that's what most people felt like in this election. Well, was- I think they voted for a return to stability. I think that Donald Trump was erratic, and I think people that scared people, regardless of his policies or lack thereof, or um, you know, kind of questionable uh, policies in regards to immigration or, or banning or or, or trade uh, deals. Stability, though. Well, I think it's it's normalcy of government as they as they uh, as they view it or as they think it is from the outside, right? I think and, that, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, like, the, who are the normal players in the football game? And how do we normally interact? Because everybody talks about unprecedented, right? Oh, this is unprecedented. You know, this isn't the way that normal uh, diplomacy is conducted overseas. Um, you know, there, we're, we're, you know we're, we're, we're abdicating our duties as, as, an Amer- as a leader of the world. Um, you know, as an American with this American first policy and these type of things and change is hard for people, right? It, 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 people don't like change. It's painful. Um, and I think that's part of the, 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 the scare of Donald Trump, aside from the fact that he just rambles about incoherently about the craziest shit sometimes. Um, you know, but I've been, I mean, like, like, yeah, like, like you pointed out the main thing he did to a degree was he was very disruptive in uh, who controls the levers and mechanisms of power by appointing people and firing people because basically his modus operandi was who's going to you know, be loyal to me. Who's going to be on my side? See, and therein lies back. the problem. That, See, that, I don't, that, I don't, that, I don't disagree. Here's where my conflict with Donald Trump comes in because I don't disagree with what he was doing on uh, you know, fundamentally, I, I understand. Like, I'm like, Hey, you know what? They wanted to streamline government. It's bloated. There's a lot of bureaucracy. There's yeah, a lot hey, of red yeah, tape. To, There's to a lot of things point, to, to finish that point. That makes complete sense. Who wouldn't like, like if they hated on him for firing James Comey, cause yeah, James, you're going to be loyal to me. Right. And like, yeah, he's like doing some shady stuff there, but who the fuck doesn't want somebody who's loyal to them? Like, like honestly, in any position, like you're in a position of power, you're surrounding yourself with people who are going to be your knight, your bishop, your rook. They're all power players around you, the king. You wait, you want some people who are, no, sir, I'm here for democracy and the constitution. Yeah, that's the guy I want watching my back when I'm like Donald Trump, fucking a longer list of shady shit I've done in my history and the people I associate with. That's what I need, the, the Boy Scout. The guy, that's like the guy in my side. So I think it just makes sense that like, of course, somebody's going to have this approach of like, I'm going to appoint people who are loyal to me. And that really disrupted a lot of Washington insiders because it's old buddy, buddy. Like, listen, you're a Democrat, you're a Republican. We'll take turns, but we'll, we're all getting each other jobs. And Trump's like, I want to give jobs to people who are on my side, which happened to be Republican. Yeah. And I think some part of the problem with that is like, you, you know, you go back and you look at some of the, you know, whether or not those people are actually qualified to run those positions or what their motives are and their intent. I don't think that loyalty, I think loyalty can be a, a loyalty to me. It depends on the, on the context of, of, of how that is applied right because like if you're like yeah i'm loyal to you as long as we're doing like you know we're we all agree that we're working in an ethical you know moral construct that's never that, that's never how the like the like the distribution of power works though well i know I but you, like i'm I just saying you, wouldn't you, I, I you but don't you, i mean you believe like country i mean like country over party or over person right i mean like you're like okay you're loyal to the president of the united states because he's running this motherfucker but at the same time like 
you know, there's a higher loyalty, right? There's a higher loyalty. And I think that there's a problem when you understand. When you you put it like that, though, that kind of like puts in the impetus where everybody's understanding of what their higher loyalty is then takes credence because the whole point of being the president. But I think it does. I think, I think, I think, I think. Delegate power to others. But I think. literally what the definition of the office is though, right? I think across the board though, I think for the most part in, in Washington, I think that, that there is that higher loyalty. I think there really is. I think those public servants and those people that do that, that they, they do believe that they're doing a, the greater good, right? Or the, like for the, for the nation, not the, not the person who is appointed above them or, or But at a bare minimum, for. if you hold a position of power in any regard, whether it's the attorney general or some type of appointment, the head of Homeland Security, where you serve at the pleasure of the president – then what you are is you are an arm of the president. You are an extension of his power. He's giving you power to basically serve at his whim. So if you therefore then choose to interpret whatever you see as your own personal interpretation of as the constitution or country or ideology, like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's like, well, of course he's going to get rid of you or not want you there. You literally that's why they have like, that's why they have like, like, like lifelong, like, you know, people that are, that are, that have lifers basically in the government, you know, that aren't political appointees and they have political appointees. And I think that's to allow, um, some balance of, of that kind of power. But that's the whole point of the political appointees is to allow like the president to basically execute and influence his ideology across vast swaths of the federal government. Yeah. You'd be pretty ineffective. You'd be pretty ineffective without having, being able to have that. Right. You know, of course. Yeah. So, but I, I just, it's interesting looking at that where like, you know, like you said, something where like that made him so unpopular was something where like he almost didn't have a choice because going in, he knew everybody hated him. And once he won, now he's got to work with these people who hate him. Like, why would I work with these people who hate me? It's funny. Everyone else before, it's like the difficult thing. No, no, you know, like we know you lost. And we're, but I guess let's work together now to do nothing. But that's he's assuming like, no. that he was actually competent and ran like anything close to like an organized cabinet or West wing because like from everything that you hear from the people that have like exited organized there, to do what organized to do what to do, to do what intended purpose. What to, was his grand goal? Uh, well, his grand goal to was just to, uh, I guess to self enrich. And, uh, yeah. we talked about this way back in the day. Like I literally thought that like he did not intend to win. Yeah. Right. But he did. And then when he did, it's like, you know, it was the option B that you never really thought about. Well, now what do I do? Like, oh, I guess I got to like help out like with the people who got me here to a degree. But at the main time, like all I can do now is just like make myself richer. Yeah, right. Make myself feel better about myself. Yeah. So let's uh, let's start. Wield power as I can wield it. But like he has no agenda. He didn't accomplish anything. What did he do? He didn't repeal Obamacare. Nope. He didn't get he. he he actually did good in regards to that. He kept the American imperialistic machine going, but he didn't get us involved in any foreign conflicts. Right. That's a big reason, uh, besides COVID, I think that's a big reason why he lost is that a lot of the military did not like him because he wasn't pro invading uh, Iran. He wasn't pro getting involved in Venezuela. He didn't want to get uh, America stuck in these conflicts. He saw what happened with Afghanistan and Iraq. Besides being like, you know, a complete buffoon in some regards. There was times in the past where he did show that he had some understanding of American foreign policy and the blowback concept in those regions, and us not needing to be stuck there. 
So yeah, at least he understood, at least he understood the idea of proportionality, right? Like he understood if I do this, then they're going to do that. Right. And then they did get what they did get away with the other one, right? Mohammed bin Salman. They like, not Mohammed bin Salman. Oops, excuse me. Uh, that was not him. But what was the, what was that guy's name from, uh, Iran? Um, uh, I can't remember his the, name. The, I know you're talking. They assassinated him at the airport or whatever. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. That guy was like the architect, of, architect of like Iran, Iran's like military for the last thirty years. Yeah, that guy. It's like, no, boom, we're gonna kill you. Sorry, tried to destabilize <laughs> the region. And yeah, like, dude, this guy, this guy like already did his job though. Like things are in place now where like other people can do his job. Like you needed to. Get and then just recently, just recently, they 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 assassinated. What was it? Yesterday or the day before? Somebody got assassinated. Like their head nuclear scientist or something. So that's kind of scary. Uh, but you know, Donald Trump's also showed that he knows anyway, nothing yeah. about foreign policy, and he could undermine the entirety of the whole thing. For example, pulling out of the Iran deal with the nuclear deal with Iran. Right. If you want to go back and look at a lot of what Obama did, Obama didn't do a lot of good things, in my opinion. One of the very few things I think everyone would agree on was the Iran nuclear deal, where he got legitimate concessions and it was provable and manageable and it benefited their country. And like all these things that basically moved the world forward in a safer direction and helped us control the idea of like, we don't need more nuclear weapons. Let's like cultivate. And like, why shouldn't they want a nuclear okay. weapon? Okay. So, so, but, you- but hey, but so he, he pulled out of that deal, and now Joe Biden's like, well, we need back in that deal. Why would they ever believe us about anything ever? Absolutely. Donald Trump said right. why would any, Why would any country ever believe and us ever about anything? And there's the irreparable harm, now? right? That's the irreparable harm. And I – so you, you – you, while you were talking that, I was thinking about what we were talking about before the show about the return to normalcy, right? And if that's actually what we really want. Like, okay, I like the idea of, of, of Donald Trump's removal. I think that he was reckless. I think that he was dangerous in regards to trampling all over edges of the Constitution and um, – executive power and things. The, rhetoric, the rhetoric was the thing that offended most people though, not the policy. Right. Yeah. It was, it was how crass he was, how rude he was, how uh, arrogant he was, how egotistical he was. It wasn't what he was actually doing in essence. I think so. It was more, more about the personality, but you know, but, but foreign policy wise, right? So he, he did, he did damage our, our, our credibility, you know, around the world. And, you, you know, and and by by you know shirking our allies and you know pulling back from our allies and not supporting those type of things. See, I'm all fine with reengagement with with our allies and with the world. Um, in in those contexts, as far as like the betterment of the world, Paris Climate Accord, you know, let's say um, the Iran deal, which which won't happen, um, you know. Figuring out this trade deal with China, which they aren't living up to their end of the bargain. They haven't like even reached like 50% of like the quota that they should be at, at the current pace that, you know, to reach with the levels that they're supposed to be buying from us. Um, so I, I, I think that reaching back out to them and finding those things, but is a return to normal actually what we want? I mean, you got to remember that Obama was considered like the deportation, you know, what deporter in chief, right? Um, He expanded the drone drone program, um, you know, and, and, and really, 
Number, number one silencer of whistleblowers. Number one silencer of whistleblowers in, in, in that case. I mean, you, Edward Snowden came out under Obama, right? I mean, that was the whole the whole deal with those guys. Um, so that's the way I feel about Donald Trump is that he came in, he was a disruptor. Maybe he wasn't the right person, but I think that there should be a person or there should be another opportunity for a person like Donald Trump, maybe with a more of a, of a, of a better moral compass in regards to like the reasons why they're in office or why they're running in the first place. Um, because obviously Trump was there for one reason and we can all deduce that. And that was to enrich his business, to get his name up, you know, as far as notoriety is concerned, so he can get out, he can make some more licensing deals and those those type of things. But at the same time, you know, I don't want it to go back to like Obama's thing where we're like this imperialistic country reaching our hands in every freaking honey hole that there is and disrupting, you know, economies and, uh, you know, to benefit ourselves. I mean, it would be nice if we, if we emerged from this dark time, I think in our country to be a leader in regards to renewable energies and the things that would actually propel the world forward and make it, you know, a cleaner, um, more sustainable place. Um, but again, I'm an idealist. So I guess, uh, you know, it's a romanticist, I guess you would say these days. I'm, I'm, I'm with you spiritually and, uh, you know, emotionally, like, I think that's where we should go. Of course, ideologically, I think you are correct though, that that isn't, where things are, are going. Uh, oh, man, that's kind of kind of sad when you reflect on it, right? Yeah, I mean, like, it really is because we do have an opportunity, right? I mean, so one of the things that I was encouraged by is when you start to hear about Biden's, uh, you know, build back better with the manufacturing and, and, and bring, trying to bring, you know, manufacturing back to the middle class Bro. and some of these things, Bro. right? Bring manufacturing, I mean. No, 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 but it was well, under, but it was under, it was under as far as manufacturing, as, as far as renewables is concerned, right? So when you're thinking about, um, you know, jobs of, of, you know, in the solar industry or, or building the infrastructure for electric vehicles, um, and, uh, and those type of things. So maybe it's not even just manufacturing, but maybe, you know, it's, uh, you know, but from what I've got, they're not even going to ban fracking, bro. He like lied on national television about that. Yeah. They're not even going to ban it. Yeah. Like first he said on his web, on his website, at least that they were going to do it. Now on TV, it's like, we're not banning it. We're not banning it. We're not banning it. Now they took it off the website. Hmm. We're not banning it because that made the energy companies and gas companies scared. And I think the problem is like when I psychoanalyze the situation is that it's like with most things in this country, is it possible to change what you can't acknowledge? And it's like a lot of us want to change things that we see wrong with this country, you know, whether it's like an preparing the system with like the electoral college that represented democracy or with like the injustice of the social healthcare system, not having a single payer system and having this private insurance grift system built to enrich companies. And someone's like, we need to fix this. And we need to fix it. It's great. And other people are like, it's like Stockholm syndrome. They're like, either they don't see a problem or they see the problem as the solution. It's like, no, like I love my private insurance. I love paying this private insurance company $400 instead of having my taxes, which I already pay, pay for it. Meaning I wouldn't be spending that extra money on it. And I can't conceptualize it and understand that. Like, how can you change things that you refuse to acknowledge? Like if you can't see it as a problem, how can you ever fix it? It's not that I I believe with the healthcare that they think it's a, they're not understanding. They think that the government is going to run the healthcare. Like somehow the hospital that they go to would actually change in some way in the manner of the care would be dictated in some kind of like, some kind of like bland, 
you know, if you picture like a like a like like communist like Russia hospital with like well, you know like that's what I'm not saying? even communist that's not even communism right like ru- like Russia in that state was like legitimately like not even operating under that like means no exactly like, I mean it, it, the, were, were the doctors controlling the hospital were they in complete control of the supply chain and who was running things and who was making decisions no it was some fucking czar somewhere yeah so, yeah like, they had a centralized I, economy I, but here's yeah, the thing I, I, like power so, economy was completely old school so that, it's like oh that was communism they always want to like frame it like that it, it, so it is it, i think it's that i think it's the, it's not the it's the understanding like or it's the idea that somehow it's going to change and there's going to be long lines and i'm going to have to wait for you know it's care and this that, that's like and when you when you really ask Canadians, they're like, "No, nah, man, it's not like that at all. Like it's prioritized care, right? So the people who need it most get it first, right?" Um, but I mean, even in the even in the UK, that, like government should only exist to make sure that your personal rights are not infringed upon. It shouldn't exist to help you in any way. Uh, you See, know, but like, that was okay. Like, I, 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 like, like water, like water, air, and food aren't rights. Right. You know, to, to pursue them is a right. Or land isn't even a right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you have the right to pursue those things. Like, I, I have liberty to pursue happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's the same? Like, you know, you got to <clears throat> earn a living. You don't even. And happiness is just some kind of idea. You know, it was Bro, like, it was hey, like hey, liberty and pursuit of property, do, but do, they took do, that do out. Do you earn a living? Do I earn a living? Yeah. I have to earn to live, right? Uh, you don't, you don't deserve it. You got to earn it, <laughs> but I have to earn to live, but everybody has to earn to live. Even, even animals in but the wild have that, to earn to live. That, it's just a different kind earn of earning. It. But bro, but like they're, they're <clears> like, <throat> you got to sit in this cubicle for six to eight hours to, all right, push these buttons or put, make these phones. No, but they're like, you have to hide buttons. in this freaking hunker down in this hole all day and only come out at night and scurry around from fucking plant to plant to get your freaking grapes. You know, or or berries or whatever it is, and then get your ass back to the hole before you get eaten by the freaking the, yeah. The but owl. Are, we, are, are we living at a level of civilization where we've got so few resources and communicative structures where that's where we need to operate at that level, or yeah. do we have like more homes than homeless people? But resources are not meant that resources are not meant for everyone because they're controlled by a few. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you couldn't control the housing prices if you had all these empty homes fall, right? That's true. That's true. You can't control the job market if you don't have a pool of unemployed people. You need three to four percent unemployed. Well, yeah, and that's, that's like that's what you were that's what you were talking about when you read that uh, that essay a few weeks mm-hmm. back. I remember. Yeah, um, that was interesting. That was very interesting. But it was so, eye opening. So like from that standpoint, yeah, when you start to look at it like that, you're like, oh yeah, they need that because then they keep wages down because like you know you're like oh yeah. So I feel like that's like the Stockholm syndrome where it's like, we need to return back to normal. You know what I mean? We're like, now we're like in a state where like, the problem was this guy, not that like the system is giving us a choice where you either get always this guy who is what we get. Now we get the Biden neoliberal, which is, you know, the Obama neoliberal, which is the Clinton neoliberal, which is, but that's because of the apparatus in place because the, the neoliberal, the neoliberal faction is so powerful, right? The the, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. It's, it's, it's like the neo system, the neoconservative and the neoliberal, though, because it's like Martin Luther King even wrote about that. He said, there's no such thing as Democrats or Republicans. There's liberals and conservatives. Uh-huh. And they basically operate in this system where they take turns pointing the finger at each other while they agree to share power and not help anybody but themselves. Right. 
Yeah. And that's kind of the agreement. And, and Trump like, disrupted that. So like, hey, that's the thing. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? And that's kind of like the way Trump disrupted I, it on, on, it's like a grift within a grift though, because, because he Trump didn't do it on purpose. Trump disrupted it by accident on the basis that he was going to drain the swamp, which is the exact opposite of what he did once he got there. Because just like all politicians, you don't have to actually do anything you promised to do. And people just love you for the fact that you won, even though you haven't done anything except win an election, which means you got more people to be like, I like you more than this guy. I'm willing to fucking hit a button over another button for whatever arbitrary reason I decided in that moment. You haven't actually achieved anything of consequence that affects people's lives tangentially. It's like a cultural thing. By Trump winning, that was like where I was like, it's, this is awesome. We can put our Confederate flags back up. Oh, it is. It was a culture war and that's it. We, it's we, identity. We, we, it's about, yeah, a, it's can, about identity. We, we can tell you feminist liberals, you're pussies and you should, we should be in safe spaces. And now we feel comfortable. Yeah. Now that. I've been given, you now know? I've been given the green light to freaking express myself in the ways that I've suppressed for the last eight years because we've had a black guy as president. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, listen, you always could have done that. Nobody was stopping you. That's, That's right. Like what people don't understand about cultural narratives. It's just all these things happening. Well, it's now you, you hear now you feel how so, what's so okay. I read it. So I read okay. a tweet from Jim Jordan today from uh, from the Ohio, he's a Republican representative from Ohio, and he said. It said they tried to cancel Christmas and it didn't work. Just wait until they try. I mean, they tried to cancel Thanksgiving. And it didn't work. Just wait until they try to cancel Christmas. I'm like, nobody's canceling Thanksgiving. Nobody's canceling Christmas. And there's nobody. There's no freaking brown shirts kicking down your fucking door. Like, because you have like, you know, a, Listen, a, a you want to have a, a Thanksgiving. super spreader event. Nobody's going to stop you. That's just the truth. And most people are doing it. Yes. Right. What is he talking about? I mean, it's just ridiculous. There's been most, the most people, the, the, the record travel days, like was this last weekend before Thanksgiving, like it was the same levels, like that, that was seen like prior to COVID. Um, and the other thing is, is to be honest with you is that air travel is actually really safe because they recirculate that air, you know, so many times per minute. Um, so, you know, actually, I've read different articles on that. Like, yeah, it's 50, 50% recircled air and yeah, I mean, like I think if somebody's coughing their head off behind you, I mean, you're going to be like, you know, you're you're kind of in a target zone. But yeah, you know, for I think sure, for the most for part. Sure. Anyway, I'm not going to get in the COVID. I'm I'm so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm over <laughs> COVID, dude. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, like that's so. You know, is 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 Biden gonna is Biden gonna change? I mean, from what I've heard about the people that he's no. picked, um, you no. know, it's a revolving door. Um, you know, Senator John Kerry went and worked for. Uh, uh, he was on the board of. Um, um, Bank of America, like while he was out of government and now he's going to be back and he's going to be the envoy, uh, to climb. Bro, we were talking about this. It's like, it's weekend of Biden's like now all like the old cronies are time to cash in and get back in. The thing for me that's like jacked up is, you know, I, the whole idea. And it was always the false narrative was when the whole system like worked to subvert Bernie, who isn't even like a true leftist. He's slightly like left of center. The whole thing after they submarined him was, listen, it's going to be okay because what's going to happen is you guys can push Joe Biden left once he's in power. You can, you can push him to the left. Like he's, yeah, he's going to be a centrist and to the right on things, but you guys can put pressure on him. And because you helped him get elected, he's going to owe you guys. He's not going to push to the left at all. He doesn't owe you a fucking thing. No. Now that he's, now that, now that he's elected, how are you going to push him left? He's not appointing Bernie Sanders to be secretary of labor. He's not appointing Elizabeth Warren, not other another centrist who's not a leftist. He's not appointing her to be secretary of commerce or secretary of like the interior. He's not doing anything like that. He's not making like 
Rashida Talib or Elon uh, Omar part of his cabinet. Everybody's going to be his old school neoliberal democratic and it's all under the guise of experience because 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 trump's guys didn't have experience they're saying that they fumbled the football and so now they're going to pick it back up with freaking people that are tenured and have experience now we we need the old established corruption the people who knew how to grift professionally and do it with dignity and pay off the right people and make sure that it all stayed out of the news and kept everyone smiling who ran the strings we don't need these new school chumps who don't know how the grift works we're just and flagrantly gonna, and freaking, and gonna, you know. And they're going to pay off who they want in the most ugly, open, depraved way possible and expose how secret and, and how perfect our grift is. We need people who know what they're doing and are professional grifters. And that's kind of what it is, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, and that, that's the whole – that's uh, – God, and it's just so disappointing, man. I mean, like, how do we continue to get into this place where it is the lesser of two evils? How do we get to the place where it's not just not the other guy? Like, when can we actually have a candidate that's like, when, or let's, or even better yet, better yet, when have we had a candidate that was like, yeah, this is the one that we want? I guess you could say Obama, but the problem is with Obama is that he didn't deliver, or. Or you could also argue that he in, he in, he inherited the worst freaking economy since the Great Recession, and you know it was kind of like, hey, we only have one track mind at the moment. We can only work on one thing at a time, you know, um, and trying to trying to really focus on that. But anyway, so when was the last time one? What was when was the last time we actually had a candidate that everybody was really excited about um, that we thought they could actually make the change that that they promised? John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy. And he only got back in because he, I mean, like originally that he only won by he won the because of TV. ever. Yeah. Cause he was, uh, it was the first time he, that the debates were held, um, on TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. And people, people and those guys weren't even yeah. in the same room. Do you know one of those debates, one was in uh, New York and one was in Los Angeles. Like they were like, know. yeah. But like JFK, when he won, that's when people had this like, you know, Camelot and America's going to be great. And you've got this beautiful young guy and his family. And he's got these big dreams. We're going to space. We're going to land and, on the moon. You know, like it's super conspiracy theory-esque. But I mean, a lot of stuff they claim is like stuff was already in motion for the Bay of Pigs. Like, you know, all everything was in place. And when he got elected, it was kind of like got handed to him by these generals. Like, hey, man, this is a slam dunk. This is a home run. You should totally do this. Oh, and he was totally and, against it. He thought they and were. Like, all, he thought he thought his old general. He, he even said that all of his generals are stupid. He's like they yeah, don't know like, much about the like, military. I, and he's like, should I do it? Like, no, no this is a slam dunk home run. You got to do it. It's so easy. It's like anyone can do it. You have to do it, and then you do it, and it goes to shit. You're like, no. Now all of a sudden you're on everyone's bad side. You know. Yeah. Next set him, you know, set him up on the back foot. Next thing you know, you're getting your head blown off on a grassy knoll somewhere in Austin or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yep. Dude, what like, a shot, kind of dude. If, if you look through like the history of like, you know, people who have pushed the type of politics that truly are, you know, of the people for the people, it's like Eugene Debs jailed and barred from running for president. Martin Luther King, you know, John F. Kennedy, like the powers that be do not look on you well when you want to take that power from them and give it to the people and create a system that's truly democratic. Because the system itself is the problem, of course. The reason we always get these shitty choices is not by accident. Like, you can't keep saying this. is like, you know, I go into McDonald's and, you know, I get the fucking Big Mac instead of the fucking cheeseburger, uh, the quarter pounder this time. And, you know, it sucks when I get the quarter pounder. But I go and get the Big Mac next time. It sucks when I get that. It's like, dude, you keep going into McDonald's. 
you're getting shitty cheeseburgers. Like you, you need a new restaurant. That's the problem. That's not, right. Like, you need a new restaurant. No, not not what item of the the value menu you're ordering. They're all horrible for you, dude. We just need another choice. I mean, like, so we just need other options. This whole like red versus blue, and being able to just entrench yourself in these like you know these 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 small you know uh, these 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 voting these these. These policies, like these small, like just single policies, right? Single issues, right? I can divide myself up by single issues, abortion, guns, religion, taxation. Um, and they can just get themselves into this, like these entrenched areas. And if we had somebody that was like a third or fourth option, that was actually a viable candidate that was actually like, could make a run at it. Now, all of a sudden it has, you have to, you have to broaden, you have to broaden your, the, the array in which like you, you operate, like what you think. You've got 50 small countries of differing sizes that are trying to be, governed as one entity so you've got basically hundreds of millions of divergent interests across racial cultural social boundaries that cross-sectionalize in so many variable ways it is incalculable that anybody can represent those people's interests fairly the system by design is like you know you've got we got all these checks and bonds you have local government and then state government and then federal government and all of them are going to do nothing to help you whatsoever by design, almost, it right. would seem, yeah. because of the structure of things. So, you know, for me, the problem is a lot like that, you know, when you've got such a huge, massive, uh, loose republic of states, the way they're governed and run independently, basically, is so differing from one another that to have then a universal entity imposed. So, I mean, does that together, mean that, like, federalism... It, 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 it forces these cultural conflicts that exist in perpetuity. You know what I mean? It's why we've got these like, oh, you know, red state, blue state, middle America, coastal America. It's like, yeah, guess what? The 100 million people who live in, you know, Oregon and California and Seattle uh, or Washington, whatever. Like, yeah, they're going to have very different lifestyles and interests and, uh, you know, a way that they need to live their life or want to live their life than people from Nebraska, oh, so much South different. Dakota and Oklahoma. So why should there be one guy who's going to unite us all? And they, guess what, though? Even though you guys have completely different like backgrounds and beliefs on how the world works and what you should do and what good and bad things are, let's meet in the middle and, and just like be happy about that. It's like that just doesn't make sense, man. That's like a fairy tale we're chasing to me. Is there's going to make this perfect person that makes us all feel good about that? Well, I don't think they're yeah, that person's always going to have different. We're always going to agree or disagree. There's going to be half the people who agree with that guy and half the people who disagree. And right. It's like why are we trying to get 400 million people to agree with one guy? We should be trying to get, we should be trying to get like 10,000 people to agree with one guy out of like 15,000. You know what I mean? That that, that town, if you can get fucking two thirds of that town to agree with that one guy, that's a pretty good percentage. But we do, right? I mean, that's the way it works, right? I mean, that's why you have city councils and you have like, you know, mayors, but is it, is it the fact that those mayors and those city council members, they just don't have enough power? Like they don't, they don't have much power. It's like the federal government has the most power and the state government. But see, so then, so here's the, so here's the, so here's the argument to like, you know, so so one of the things is local government, right. But you talk about all the time. You're like, Hey, you know, we need these social programs. Like, you know, 
there is rights as far as healthcare and, you know, the government should help you in these, in these instances. But at the same time, now you're talking about the differing needs or at least uh, worldviews of different states. So bro, everybody needs healthcare. That's not like, Hey, do you believe in gay marriage? That's like, no, but you need fucking medicine to not die. Yeah. But you can't like, so you think that the states should be able to dictate whether or not they vote on gay marriage and abortion. So like you can have like banned abortions in Alabama and, or banned like gay marriages in Alabama, but not in other states, not in a neighboring state like Georgia. I think that's where the point, it makes sense to actually have like, you know, constitutional law and things like that. And like, where you have a moral and ethical system of what should and shouldn't be legal. That's the point of having a, a constitution that makes sense and a Supreme Court to enforce it. Yeah, but you're so talking about so like the that, thing is is that it's them. so that's but why you have to itself shouldn't be dictating that. But if we're gonna be if we're gonna be a if we're gonna be a union, then like you have to have that type of overarching, you know, like constitutional law, the the, the federal law that kind of governs everything. And you can't you know, there there was a time when like the states did have more leniency in order to set their own like age restrictions for alcohol and tobacco and other things. Yep. Right. So it was 18 to, to drink in hey, Illinois and 21 in Georgia. Right. Well, yeah. And it was, but I mean, even more so, even more, I guess, audacious that's like out in the, like so common than that is you could drive to Illinois and, and, and when you're in Missouri, you drive to Illinois, you could drink at 18 and it was 21 in, uh, in Missouri. Right. So those like those interstate commerce, like differences, right. Uh, imagine imaginary lines, imaginary, imaginary by, lines by people with money. So, but those, but things like that cause problems, right? Because now you have like the problem of people just crossing in the States to go get alcohol or, I mean, I'm using that as a, as a generic term, but I mean, there's other things that, you know, as far as, you know, allowing States rights to be completely powerful is you would have such differentiation from state to state that by traveling through the United States, like you would put yourself in legal jeopardy as you crossed into state lines because you didn't know what the fuck the rules were there. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I just, I, so what do you do? Like, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. They're, they're, like, here's the thing. I, this is what I say all the time. That's why I don't agree with the electoral college anymore. And I think that you should go to a straight popular vote because like, I, because the, because there's the most, I don't care where most of the people come from. If most of the people live in the cities and that's where those people vote, those people out, those people outweigh the, the, they they're, they're, they have different and more complicated issues than people who live in like a rural community. And I'm not saying that I, that their vote shouldn't count. That's not what I'm saying. But like, I think that I think that there are the the world in which we live are are so far different that you have to that that's like that, that you you're never I guess you're never gonna you're never gonna get both satisfied. You're not. If you drove through Europe from country to country. Would there be differing laws and differing cultures? And, you know, when one thing's legal in one place isn't legal in the next, and you can do this here but not there, and it wouldn't be just like that in Europe? Yeah, but isn't even that being more vanilla than countries. it was? They're not, they're, they're not states, though, right? They're countries. They're countries, but states. wasn't that more – I mean, isn't that more, like, standardized now than it was ever before? I mean, they have, since they have the Eurozone and the Euro? Basically, what we've done, though, is we've taken, like, the concept of – so much space and so much land and so much people and then we've partialized it into states you know what i mean when if it was actually like true countries and you thought about it like it really was countries you might break up america into like five to seven countries oh absolutely really really strong cultural differences and backgrounds and industries and what resources they provide you know what i mean you'd have a south a west a northeast a midwest and like a, like a, a north something like that mm -hmm. like it'd be very parceled out 
and it could logically make sense. I'm not saying that would ever happen. Of course, it's never going to get broken up. United States of America, maybe. But uh, logistically speaking, like that's the reason Europe's always been easier. You to know what's interesting about you just said? If we actually did break up into regions, we could still be the United States of America, right? Still could you be. could just add one more layer in there of like you know, instead of having your state bureaucracies, you could actually just have like you know a, a regional. You know, type of thing, and you could still be the United States of America, but then you would just you you would literally have like different, you know, it would be different veils over different uh, regions that you know just operated differently in in a way. Like we would be like Amsterdam, right? I mean, it would be like you know, I would see like the West Coast being a lot more like Vancouver is now. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I mean, that's just like uh, a conceptual way to look at things. which just decriminalized like- all drugs, by the way, in Vancouver. Yeah. If, oh, I mean, dude, the one thing I would say about these elections is people say, like, leftist politics don't work. Medicare for all over 60%. Every candidate who ran on Medicare for all won. Every state that had weed or illegal cannabis on their ballot won. Yeah. Two states legalized medical mushrooms, yeah. Washington and Oregon. I mean, tell me, like, these policies aren't things people are for or about, and I'll tell you you're lying. Like, put them on the ballot, the voters will show you. Like, they want their drugs. <laughs> America makes serve a lot of things. They're left us on one thing. They want that they, they want to relax and you know trip out a little. Been a long day here in the state. Yeah, apparently Portland, uh, in the city of Portland, just uh, decriminalized uh, uh, the drugs too, and cer- under a certain amount of uh, of everything. But here's the here's the kicker. I read so I read the article in Mix Mag, by the way, uh, about the decriminalization of uh, of uh, substances in uh, Vancouver, <clears throat> and um, they. Uh, so they were giving out, you know, when they do that, right, then they give out like pure, you know, so that they know people aren't going to OD and have get fentanyl and all this bullshit. Right. And so they were handing out like pure cocaine and basically uh, they couldn't find any heroin that was pure enough that it wasn't contaminated to the point that they could not consciously hand it out. Shit. They that, like make their own, yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's that's dangerous. That's sad. I mean, it really is. I mean, and that and, I, and good on them for for I just stepped on. That's just getting stepped. <laughs> like Michael Flatley Riverdance stepping on. That's right, all over it. Step, 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 yeah. step, step. But yeah, so um, that's it. That's the right approach to those solutions. I saw that article like months back, where like Finland's approach to homelessness was to give people homes, and it turns out it works. Amazing. It's crazy. Like there was a story too back in the day of one of the first early experiments with doing this with the homeless, with giving them homes. And it was like back in the day, I think it was World War One. Uh, a lot of people were away for war, and they were trying to deal with a big homeless problem. And they took homeless people out to the country, and they put like ten or twenty of them up in like palatial estates, like huge, big homes in the countryside. You know, manors, palaces, but twenty people in there. Right? They got fifteen, twenty bedrooms. They put it there. And they did this all over. And then they came back a month later. Nobody's there. They were back in the city. And they when they talked to him and they said, like, well, why'd you leave? You know, like, you'd, you'd rather be here on the streets than in a home. And they said, we're bored. There's nothing to do there because this is 100 years ago. There's no TV. There's no electricity. You're sitting in a giant empty room by yourself in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do. You're like, I'd rather be with my friends 
where, you know, guess what? We can get some drugs. We can get some booze. Maybe we can find a pretty girl. Maybe there's a fight to see. Maybe maybe there's a, a card game we can get into. That's oh, interesting. Like That's interesting topic that you bring that up. That's interesting that you bring that up because isn't that everything in the world that makes you satisfied with where you are is that if you have like, something to feed your brain with, right? It's Regardless like, of his it's, drugs. I mean, like, let's put that as out and like, you know, maybe, maybe the, home, maybe the, are, rat, the, the rat, the rat, experiment the rat and the cocaine. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah, That's what I was like, thinking. If they gave the rats the cocaine and they're in an empty box, they'll just keep taking the cocaine and overdose. Yeah. But if they're in a rat circus where there's stuff to wheels to climb and stuff That's to right. play, the rats to, to fuck. Oh my God. Maybe, maybe some of them will have it a little bit of the time, but they're like, there's all this other cool shit to do. I can't be bothered with this stuff. I've right. got to go enjoy myself and That's run right. around. I need so simulation like, hey, other ways. Yeah. That concept, you can't just give somebody something and expect that to fix it. It needs to serve a greater purpose. Like, here's a house which is going to give you shelter. Will we help work get you off of your addiction to smack and reintegrate you into, you know, getting back in touch with your family or doing what you used to do for a living and seeing if you can find work again doing that? Yeah. So, so it has to come with some other support. Without, without the purpose, you know, it's like a moral technique said, right, brother? The purpose in life is to have a purpose. So That's if you right. just give people that one thing, you know, like, you know, you give them a meal, so a, homeless, a hungry guy a meal, you're not going to keep him fed, though uh-huh. that will help. And it's a good thing to do. Yeah. The greater idea to think about is how can you keep him fed? Yeah. Right? You got to put him in a position to be able to feed himself. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think that we could do better in general, uh, across the board with those kind of things in every program, right? Like whether it's like, you know, the WIC program or whether it's, you know, uh-huh. um, you know, food stamps, we or, have or the resources we need to, we need to reallocate them. I, like we say with, you know, defund the police, reallocate resources is what it means. Yeah. You know, defund the military. We do not need to spend $900 billion on these motherfuckers. We do not need our boys to be overseas in fifty different countries in seventy-three different military bases. I'm not sure if the I'm not sure if the statistic is still the same, but it's like we spend more than the next eleven countries combined on our military. We've got, we've got nine aircraft carriers, and like the next one is China, and they have two. China has China has two, and one of them is from the night. 19- 1970s right and one's brand new they just built that that one yeah, it has like the, the curved deck on it yeah yeah because they want that to like help protect their sea which makes sense for them for us it's about like no no we need to support all these areas and be able to like let people know we can fucking fuck any shit up anywhere anytime any place you know we've got the guys we've got the money well man i'll tell you if you if you watch the the untold history of the united states you know the oliver stone uh, you know, deal. Oh, the docuseries on Showtime. Or- wow. Yeah, man. It's amazing. And he goes through like the cold war in the eighties and how we like the Russians weren't even close with their, like, oh, you no. know, with our stockpiles. Excuse- like we were like excuse. tens of thousands of nuclear weapons ahead of them at all times. And apparently like Reagan was, was shocked that when he met Khrushchev the first time that, that, that Khrushchev was legitimately Khrushchev and the rest were legitimately freaked out that the United States were going to strike first. Like they were freaked away. Human psychology works though. It's like, uh, it's a self-defense mechanism where once you do something and you convince yourself that it was necessary, then you can't ever stop doing it because then why were you doing it in the first place? So it's like, once we started spending all this money on national defense and it's risen to this level, we can't ever be like, Wait, this is crazy. This is excessive. We're spending way too much money because that would mean, well, wait, we've been doing this for fucking 50, 60 years. We've been wasting hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. And we never needed to. Yeah. Don't say anything. It's all just been a money giveaway. We just need more propaganda out there. Just get the marketing team up. We need to figure out how to sell this thing. 
it, it was it was necessary then, so of course it's necessary now, and of course it's always going to continue. And then when Gorbachev just decided to go ahead and shut everything down, then it was like, oh yeah, we just outspent them and we wrecked their economy, and it was because yeah, they couldn't it, keep up with their bombs. It was, it was in thirty years of like different political and economic structures working against them, and all these other things. Right, but see, but that's how that was our out. That was the out. Hey, this was a no, good it, idea. This yeah, was it, a it, good it, idea. It, it, the, the reason that wall fell was just Ronald Reagan saying. Tear down, down this down wall. wall. Tear down this wall. This <laughs> That's right. Right in that moment, right. it started to crumble. <laughs> when, when the Gipper himself spoke those words. But you know what? So, I, you know, it sounds like we're way off base, but we're not. I mean, this is like what we're talking about when you're like, should we return back to the normal? Like whatever that normal was, right? Because that would be like, you know, at that time, like, should we return back to the Cold War and just keep well, spending Matt, military money? And should we keep, you know, expanding our drone program? And should we because, keep like, you know... Well, Matt, 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 he was doing all that. Trump was doing all of that. Like, it just was, he was crass as fuck about it. He didn't give a shit that anybody cared that he was back dealing in the meanwhile. He didn't care that he was openly bragging with who he was polishing their wheel or if it was going to help him in his image, but he was doing, see his thing. He was was just greasing different people. Everything. Exactly. That's what we were talking about in the beginning. He's like, no, no, I need people loyal to me who I know will grease the wheels. I want greased. You guys are like, no, no, no. You've been greasing everybody's wheels and you know who gets like, Hey, that's the wrong guy. No, I decide who gets greased now. My people. Right. That's how Donald Trump did it. And the blowback was huge against that. People did not, not like that, but the imperialism, the war machine, bro, the drone program, all that stayed the same. All that went up. Oh, we now just like, and we sold we, so many weapons. Hey, we sold we so be, many weapons. And we know what we can be respectable. You know what? The other now, thing now is too, man. The same, though, be respectable. Is that right. we did have a war because we had a proxy war in Yemen that's yeah. still ongoing. And there's like the greatest yeah. famine in the human history is going on on that freaking in that uh, that region. And we we sold so much military equipment to Saudi Arabia and other we also had a failed in, coup in Venezuela and a failed coup in Venezuela. Yeah. That was a complete failed coup. Cause we were actually saying that the other dude won. Well, I mean, like first he was coming around for months, like a year, almost one Gadao. He's coming to the state of the union, this or that. We sent paramilitaries and CIA operatives down there to try to help overthrow them. And they all got caught like chumps, like with their hands in their asses, just like completely embarrassed. No but yet, support. but yet, but yet, anytime anybody wants to talk about the failed policies of socialism, they point to fucking Venezuela. Like we haven't had our foot so fucking far up their ass for the last forty years that it didn't make any difference to like you know the outcome. It's like listen, it doesn't work if you like kill the guy who was elected democratically and put in a puppet de- uh, dictator, and it doesn't work if you sanction the fuck out of the country to the point where their economy collapses. Yeah, yeah, like that, that's kind of called influencing the experiment. Yeah, like Uh-oh. Cuba. Like, oh, socialism yeah. doesn't look. Look at fucking Cuba. Like, they're still driving cars from the 1950s. Well, yeah, because we've had a fucking trade embargo on Cuba since the freaking beginning of time. Like, how can you even freaking call that? Like, you know, nobody calls out the other countries. Look at Finland. Look at look at. Yeah. Uh, socialism you know. has a lot of problems, but like the problem we need to address because we don't have that much socialism here is imperialism. Yes, and that's something that whether it's Obama or Bush or Clinton because if or we address Donald that, Trump we could have or now more Joe Biden. Yes, they're all doing the same shit. And the main thing we're having a conversation about with these elections and all this time wasted is the tone, the tone of the guy who's running the show. Is he going to be a nice guy? Is he going to be a mean guy? Is he going to be a fun guy? Is he going to be a sad guy? Yeah, while he's stealing from you, are you going to be a crazy guy? Right. That's all it is about. But guess what? At the end of the day, the war machine rolls on. 
Uh-huh. The imperialism machine rolls on, continuing to suck resources from everywhere and put its fucking neck on the throat of any indigenous country that dares stand in its way and try to tell it, no, you can't tell us what to do. That's literally its job. But we just decide, do we want it to be a nice, friendly guy who looks like he's, you know, Uncle Joe? Or do we want it to be the crazy game show host? Don't you find it interesting? Don't you find it interesting that all... the good old boy from the South. Don't you find it interesting that all of the things that we've freaking manufactured come back to bite us in the ass? Like... We consider we we legitimately de- legitimately destabilize Central and South America so that we could remain the preeminent power in the Western Hemisphere, and now we can't stand the fact that they send their caravans to our fucking southern border. <laughs> but bro, we don't care about that. That's just something they put on Fox News for three months to get people to care, just like Hunter Biden's laptop. What happened to that story? These are just these are just like little like cat toys they dangle in front of the public's face to distract them for a couple months and people will make memes about it and they'll gossip in front of the coffee machine like they know everything fucking about it is true mm. and it's like guess what Hunter Biden is a corrupt fuck but you don't give a shit about this and this is nothing to you do know with what election. you know what else is interesting about that so our ability to tell stories is the reason why we proliferated across the world yeah. right narratives and yet we're getting fucked by him every day. It's our biggest downfall is because of what you just said. That's what just what made me think about it. If you uh, uh, Yoval Harari's uh, book *Sapiens*, he talks about mm-hmm. figments of your imagination and basically like trade routes weren't really aren't really things. But we could tell each other that if you go over this way and you go around the rock and you go there over here, and now we have a trade route between cities, right? And this and that. And that's the reason why those things developed is because we were able to like picture that in our mind or in our imaginations and continuously like pass those things down. And yet it's our biggest downfall right now with social media and with politics because we're so hung up on telling the fucking story. Like I want to put the freaking meme out, the best meme with the best words, with the best freaking, you know, with the best uh, picture. And and I want to tell my story, you know, and I want to, I want to be the guy, you know, that gets the most tweets and the most likes and the most, you know, shares and everything else. And, and we're so just we're just, it's just got us by the balls. Like our, our, our natural tendencies, the things that have made us like successful as human beings now is like making us freaking like, just like just ruining <laughs> just a cesspool of like social media and like social and society in general. It's the duality of men, isn't it? Like uh, that, which we create destroys us in the end. That's right. Yeah. Like, it's like Terminator. <laughs> just like Terminator. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, right. in, in a different way. So when the fuck is Skynet going to turn on, dude? Yeah. Like when's that happen? Cause like 2020 is not over yet. So we could have that happen. Cause Diego Maradona, rest in peace, Bella. Rest in peace. Yeah. You know? But that's like, the, I think that's like the nature of like the Shakespearean tragedy of humanity or degree is that like we've got this great intellect and power and empathy to like unite, uh, unite and combine and collaborate. And we use it to build this technology, but because of like, or perverse character in certain ways, it subverts us and can ultimately lead to like our destruction. I mean, global warming is climate change. It's, we're at the precipice where they say like, you know, it goes up another degree or two in the next couple of years. Like you'll hit a point where it doesn't matter what you do after that. It's going to start a chain reaction of basically like global cataclysms over the next century, which is going to lead to like the demise of the entire planet. But I so. think the magnitude of that makes it hard for people to wrap their head around when it comes to global, when it comes to climate change. Like it's just so massive and it's so big that people just don't want to deal with it. So like yeah. it just doesn't exist, right? And I'm coming up with every freaking reason on the planet, even the ones that don't make sense as to why it's not human 
you know, interact humanly cause climate change, you know, you know, even, even people like my dad, like they still talk about it. Like, Oh, the climate just changes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, if I show you a satellite photo of, you know, part of the Arctic shelf, the size of Delaware breaking off, you know what I mean? And like, that happening like four times in a year when that doesn't happen once every like 10 years. No, man. But once you, once, once you, once you've got it in your head that the climate is always changing, how do, how do you argue against that? Because even if you show, so even if you show that they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause the climate always changes. I got that covered. But the climate doesn't always change these rates. If you actually look at it with statistical evidence where they show thousands of reports on ice depth and things like that, here's Just the, the coincidence. That, here, here's the gradients that it should be, and here's the gradients it's at. You put them side by side with fucking thousands of tri- simulations and tribulations mm-hmm. over the top, and there's no statistical inference. This is not like just a, a crazy event. It's just a coincidence. It's just it's just a coincidence. It's just doing it faster this time than it did last time. <laughs> but that's what I mean, man. It's like, it's so, it's like, it's so hard. I mean, what do you, how do you fight something like that? You know? So no, for sure, bro. It's like speaking of fights, people. let's talk about oh, fights. We got, we, got, we got real fights. We got Mike Tyson versus, do you want to call Roy it a real Jones fight? Jr. No, it's not a fight because it's a circus circus coming to town. Matt, Matt, but I don't miss a, I don't miss a good circus, dude. I don't listen. I'll watch it. It can't be a fight because you can't get knocked out. If you're not allowed to get knocked out, you're not allowed to knock the other guy out, and you're not allowed to get knocked out. If that happens, the fight's ruled. Well, it's not ruled anything. There's no judges. Nobody wins. Nobody loses. It's like an exhibition, like kind of. It's like, like the ultimate Four. exhibition of like old dudes. It's like, it's like Rocky Four. If you get a cut, the fight stops. I mean, this is like literally like, hey guys, let's let's make some money. And the word on the street is Tyson's getting seven mil, Roy's getting three, and, and the I've rest seen, is going to charity. Because I heard that Tyson's donating all his charity. So is he actually pocketing that. $7 million? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. All I know is Triller paid $50 million for the rights to show the fight. And from what I've seen on the – usually you can tell from like the YouTube views. The yeah, what's the buy look the interviews, like? Looks low. Yeah, I figure it would be. Oh, really low, like 50000 I'd say. Dude. Wow. Yeah, people, people are like, oh, no. Like, like my buddy's like, oh, no, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Like, yeah, but, dude, Mike Tyson was a joke in The Hangover, and that was 10 years ago. Dude. 15 years ago. 15 years ago, he was like – it was a joke that he showed up dude. and, like, he had a tiger. Hold on. That was 15 years ago. Nobody's going to get got by Mike Tyson again, dude, because, you know, everybody remembers paying for Mike Tyson back in the 90s. There's marks, bro. There's marks. Oh, oh, the streams you say? There's still some marks. <laughs> but you, Listen, we'll be on the streams. We'll be on the streams. Yeah, right. Exactly. But you know what? You're not going to get got by Mike Tyson again because, like, in in 1990, freaking seven, he freaking bit homeboy's ear, right? And so that pay per view was shot and freaking like you know, you know people kind of like that. I think that added the spectacle. Yeah, but then he you fought never, that dude and freaking he when do. he came back in like 2003 or four or whatever it was, and he freaking got his ass kicked and he freaking like. He should have never lost. That dude was like unranked. Do you remember that? It was like the early two thousands. It was like after Holyfield, he came back. He yeah, 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 yeah. And it was yeah. like early two thousands. It was two thousand three, two thousand four, and then and and you're just like and well, then he and he and he, and he even said it. He no, he even said it in the ring. He was like, I, f- I feel sorry for everybody. You know, I was, you know, just trying to make some money. My head's not really in it, and like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire. And nothing against Mike. I'm just saying, like, that puts a bad taste in your mouth to freaking go out and freaking buy a freaking pay per view from somebody like that again, right? You know what they say about the sport. Man. Plus, he's 53 fucking years old. Like, I like, 
you know, Roy Jones ain't putting his hands behind his back and freaking shooking and jiving and then knocking somebody out anymore, right? I mean, like, what, that's what, not happening. What, what are your last memories of both of these fighters? They aren't good. They no. Aren't good no. Everybody, everybody goes out in this game the same on way. On their back. Face down or on their back, yeah. Is they is face down, ass up, or on their back, yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone goes out the same way. Dude, I mean, like, Roy Jones was, was gnarly, dude. I mean, like, he was like four, ten, four, uh, four weight class champ. Like, you know, I yeah, mean. He moved, he, moved, he moved up too many weight classes, obviously. Pound for pound, um, he's better than Tyson. Well, we're going to see some good fights. You know, I'd rather I'd rather talk about that and watch that than, than talk about and watch the election. Let me tell you. <laughs> amen. Amen. But like I said, you know, I, 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 I'll watch it tonight, I'm sure, uh, some kind of stream somewhere, um, you know. Uh, but, yeah, you know, figure it out. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> Not always legal. Legal stream. Legal yeah, yeah, stream. legal disclaimer. stream. Yeah. Disclaimer. Total disclaimer. Uh, totally. 100%. No. We'll, well, we'll... I don't think we're going to make any, you know, huge progress here on just, like, solving the problem in and itself, Matt. At least we can have the conversation. I think that, you know, the problem is that, uh, for me, at least in my analysis, very brief, that, you know, you can't expect the McDonald's to give you different quality cheeseburgers. You need to ultimately... Change go to a different restaurant. restaurant. Get a new cook. You know what I mean? Get some and, new ingredients. Yeah. So, like, right now, the problem Build is... Build you know, a better burger. You know? Everybody says they love their politicians, but they hate Congress, which is just a collection of other politicians. Because you love the guy who says he's going to do stuff for you, but not the collection of other people who don't give a fuck about your interests. So exactly. that makes perfect sense when you look at it logistically. So we need to try to, I think, start to reimagine how, like, government can be structured in a way where it actually serves to help people and provide services to, you know, better their lives. It just needs to, it needs to look more like them, right? It needs to look more like the government, like the, like the population that it serves. I mean, like to be, yeah. Right. So it needs to be more of a melting pot of, of ideas and not, again, I just don't, I think that the fact that we, that we place, our politicians into two categories and then they're beholden to those two categories because dude, it doesn't matter if they're differing ideas are there when they arrive in, in Washington because they have to toe the party line and the party's like, you're going to vote with us in this. And then they have the whip that goes out and they whip up all the votes and they count all the votes before they have a freaking, before they actually vote on the bill. And well, you know how it works. You get to run on stuff that you don't have to actually do once you win. So you get to say one thing and then do another. Yeah, because then you're just at the at the mercy of the party because you're doing the what the thing. That's what I'm saying. So we should just have more of like a you know I guess a parliamentary system we would call it like where yes, you know sir. you're not like winner take all all the time and there's there's different true representative democracy. Yeah. Where if you get if you get one percent of the votes, you get one percent of the seats. Yeah. So you know your views could actually get represented because I don't think most people see themselves as a Democrat or a Republican. I don't think so they either. Might, they might see themselves as a shade of one. And guess what? There's somebody out there that looks and sounds very much more like you than they do Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell. Yeah. I'll tell you that. No it seems like a much more efficient on. form of government when you talk about parliamentary systems. Like it seems like it's a lot more agile. Uh, and it does it take has its problems. Cons- yeah. I do like that. It doesn't have the ego factor as much because of the prime minister. They get elected from within the party. Right. And they get booted so anytime. They can get removed at any time. They basically serve at the whim of the party. They're there as like a, a basically a, a figurative head of the party. Yeah. Once the once the party gets enough power in the system, they then govern the system because then they've proven they have a majority, which makes sense logically speaking. Not an electoral system. That's right. You know, 
Not some fucking based popularity on, based, contest. Based on 240-year-old fucking written law. Makes no sense nowadays. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll get into that another day. I mean, I wrote a college essay on it. Jesus. There you go. We'll break that essay out. We're going to have him read it. <laughs> Devin likes reading essays on the podcast, so we're going to have him read that, that essay. Not reading yes. that essay. Everybody go into your past and pull out an essay from fucking high school or college, and we're going to read that shit. <laughs> they made me do it. They made me write it. Actually, you know, it's funny. That's like one of the few ones where like – they let you like pick the topic and you pick it and you're like, oh, I actually kind of like writing about this. Yeah, right. Pretty fun. Where if they tell you the topic, you're like, no, fuck you. This topic sucks. I hate writing. And you have to just <sighs> pull it out of you. It's like pulling. Yeah, teeth. this one I was like, I was grooving. Like, yeah, this, 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 I'm learning. I remember those fun. papers, man. Where you're just banging it out. You're like, I don't even need to proofread this one, man. I nailed it. <laughs> that, one, that, that one was nay. I felt good about that one. Awesome, awesome. Well, cool, man. I think that's a good place to end it. You know, we are having a good, uh, good conversation here about a lot of things. I think we left a lot of stuff open ended, but understand that, you know, that the going back to whatever we consider normal government uh, is probably not the right answer. Is that we should reimagine what we got going on and try to think of new ideas and new ways to uh, to govern. Um, and uh, you know, but I guess there's always a level of optimism when there's a new person. You know, when there's new change, but. If you go back to the old ways, then that optimism is shot. So, and your optimism. I'm gonna be a pessimist, Matt. You critic. (laughs) Good chatting with you, though, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Hopefully, we can do it again soon before the year ends. Maybe we'll do a pre-Christmas pod here, and we'll we'll revisit and see how things are winding the year down. Absolutely. What what we're looking forward to. You know, 2020. It's been one for the books. It has. Woo! People like, we need to get this 2020 over with. I was like, you know when it turns January 1st, it's not like fucking COVID secure. Like, like everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, everything's everything's good. We're getting... getting Hey, hey, Donald Trump lost. Orange man bad. Everything's fixed now. It's like, hey. Boop, boop. There's a a long way to go. (laughs) At least the the numbers will be different on the dial. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) Sounds good, my friend. Everybody, thank you for listening. And... uh, Stay safe out there. Peace and love love as always. always. Boom.